Hello, and welcome to Living Word Ministries, where everyone is a winner. Join us as we rightly divide the word of truth. Lord, we give you praise. We exalt you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the ancient of days, the I am that I am. You are indeed the glory and the lifter up of our head. You are indeed our papa Oh, You are the one where the enemy shuts the door at us. You fling it wide open. You are the one that upholds us with your righteous right hand. You are the one that says, when the enemy says no, you say yes. You are the one, when the world puts a, com a full stop, you put a comma there and you say, I'm not done yet because I still have more in store. Amen. Amen. It's a wonderful day. It is a wonderful day. So today... Um, the Lord's leading me to share with us about what I would title as love without boundaries. Amen. And um, before I go into that, it seems a bit odd seeing Stephen sit there. <laughs> well, have fun. <laughs> have a day off. Um, I'm going to read a scripture to us, and I'm going to read that from, the, it's called the Passion Translation, and that's 2 Peter chapter 1. So I'll just go ahead and read. This is a letter from Simon Peter, a loving servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to those who have been given a faith as equally precious as ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let someone say, that is me. Right, if that's not you, don't answer, but that is me. So Simon Peter is writing to us, those who have the faith, those who have received Christ as Lord and Savior. And he says, may grace and perfect peace, not just peace, but perfect peace. You know, there's a peace that the world gives, but there's a peace that God gives. And the peace that God gives us is a peace where there'll be crises around you and you're not moved. And people are thinking, hang on. What's wrong? That person does, does that person not get it? But because you have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, you're not moved by the situations around. You're not moved by Brexit. You're not moved by situations, by not having money in your bank account. You're not moved even if your child is running haywire in the street because you know that you have a God. Amen. It says, may the grace and perfect peace cascade over you as you live in the rich knowledge of God and Jesus our, say, our Lord. Now he talks about that more grace, that generous grace. He says, everything that we 
whoever could need for life and complete devotion to God has been given, has been deposited in us by his divine power. It says, for all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness, of his goodness. It says, as a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price. So that basically means that the promises that God has given unto us are beyond what we can pay for. So that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped from the corrupt desires that are of the world. It says, so devote yourself lavishly to lavishly sup supplementing your faith with goodness and to goodness add understanding and to understanding add strength of self-control and to self-control add patient endurance and to patient endurance add godliness and to godliness add mercy towards your brothers and sisters and to mercy add add unending love love without boundaries it says since these virtues are already planted deep within and you possess them in abundant supply they would keep you from being inactive or unfruitless in pursuing in pursuit of knowing Jesus Christ more intimately. But if anyone lacks these things, it says he is blind, constantly closing his eyes to the mysteries of our faith and forgetting his innocence. For his past sins have been washed away. It says, for this reason, Beloved ones, be eager to confirm and to validate that God has invited you to salvation and claimed you as his own. It says, if you do these things, you will not stumble. Now, I'm going to move on to verse 12. He says, I won't hesitate to continually remind you of these truths, even though you were aware of them and are well established in the present measure of truth you have already embraced. But he's saying to himself, he says, as long as I live, I will continue to awaken you with this reminder. And I say all this to say, we are children of God. We have a promise. We have the peace of God. We know these things. There is nothing that I'm going to say today that is a new revelation. And that's one thing I want to pass across to each and every one of us. I don't have a new revelation. All I have is a reminder of what God has taught us and shown us in his word. And we need to continually remind ourselves of these things. It's like a, someone that goes to school. You learn something... If you don't go back 
and read and get a proper understanding and read and get more understanding, it's a matter of time before you forget it. And that's what us standing here is all about. We all read our Bibles, I hope. We all listen to the word of God. But what we do is to remind each and every one of us of the things. And that includes myself. Because as I study, I'm also reminding myself. And that's what Simon Peter is saying here. Amen? So with that said, I'll go to our text scripture for today, which is Philippians 3.10. It says, I want to know Christ and to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. Another translation says, it says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Now, for a lot of us, the first part of it is so easy to take on. I want to know him. I want to know his mighty power. That power that raised Christ from the dead. I want to know it. But we're not very quick to admit the second part of it. To say, I want to suffer with him. Now, if we were to ask that question, how many people want to suffer with Christ? No one? No one wants to suffer with Christ. You know, God says something. And what Jesus says something. He says, you must be prepared to drink from that cup of sorrow. And you know, each and every day that we profess Christ, each and every day that someone knocks us down because of our faith, it is us suffering for Christ. So I encourage us today, right? Much as you might say, I don't want to suffer, but you should be prepared to suffer for Christ. Now, the thing is, when you suffer for Christ, he's got your back. Because he would not allow us to face anything that we cannot bear. And that is the God that we serve. So that's just the introduction. I said we're going to talk today about love without boundaries. Now, God has a plan for each and every one of us. And you know, the way God has wired us up is wired us in such a way that we all have a need for love. Every single one of us. Either you're a child, or you're an adult, you're an animal, or you're a plant. You all have a need for affection. And we crave for emotional desires in our lives. So much so that we pursue it. Isn't that so? Right, guys? When you're looking for your wife, don't you go after her? Yes? No? Whose, whose wife was just brought to them in the house? No one. So you had, to go after, you had to go after her, didn't you? That's right. And you know what? This is where the whole institution of marriage stems from. The need for love. The need for affection. That which each and every one of us crave. As a child, we crave that love from our parents. 
when we get to that age and we recognize that we want to get married, we crave that love. We crave it from our husbands. We crave it from our wives. We crave it, crave it from people around us that we trust. And that's why when you look at it, you know, the first institution God created was the institution of marriage. Adam and Eve. That was the first couple that we know. And that is why when God created that institution of marriage, it was a safe and secure place for people to share that affection with each other. Now, unfortunately, we're in a generation where man has abused it. The definition of love has been altered. But God's desire for man to connect with us in a loving way still remains the same. So with that said, I'm, we're going to go through an exercise this morning. And can I have Nikki in front, please? Nikki, can I have you here? Can you bring a chair? Nikki, you can pick a chair in the front. Can you sit down? All right. I want you to write. Do you need something to put it on? That's because I didn't tell her about it. And I wasn't supposed to. Can you write some frimpong on top? I'm going to ask and try and be as quick. The first answer that comes to your head, just put it there. That's fine. I'm going to... Okay, can I ask you first, how long have you known Sam? <laughs> just for the benefit of those. Mm, maybe about 15 years. 15? Yeah, sure. maybe 20 years. And Tarita... <laughs> About 20 years? We were young, like 9, 10, about 20 years. I don't know. Okay. All right, that's fine. No, that's fine. Right, okay. I am just write 1 to 10 very quickly. Okay. I'm going to ask you a few questions about Sam, right? And I want you to put the answer there. Right, what's Sam's shoe size? What's his favorite food? You ready? What's his favorite color? What's his height? That's number four. Where does... Please don't, please don't give her answers. Oh, okay, you're thinking. Okay. What's next number? What's his height? Uh, where does he work? When did he get saved? You can write age or preferably year. Mm. 
Ready? Are you ready for the next one? What's his favorite scripture? Next. How many nieces and nephews does he have combined? Next. What's his favorite holiday spot? Pardon? No. What is his favorite holiday spot? Number 10. What's his favorite song? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay. You can go sit down. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Right. Okay. Um, I think I'll try and get somebody else. Can we have a mic, please? Okay. Can I get you to... Right. I asked Sam these same questions, and I also asked Anne these same questions. Right? So, Sam's. Actually, hmm. Can I have one more person, please? Can I have one more person? Volunteer, thank you very much. With a mic, no, just a mic. Right. Okay. So let's let's just pretend. Let's pretend this is Anne. So <laughs> come come this way. Come stand beside me. So let's pretend this is Anne. I am Sam, and that's Nikki. Right. So. You need to see his answers there. All right, can you, can you read them? Would you be able to, yeah? Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, so I asked Sam what his shoe size is, and he said size 10. What did Anne say? 10. What did Nikki say? Eight. Uh-oh! Right, I asked Sam what his favorite food is. He said chicken. What did Anne say? Chicken. What did Nikki say? Pizza. All right. I asked Sam what his favorite color is. He said rainbow. Anne said? Anne said no specific color. Right, wow. so we can, we can accept that, right? What did Nikki say? She put green, then, then scribbled it out, and then put brown. <laughs> right. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. We, <laughs> we asked, I asked Sam what his height is. He said 5'9". What did his wife say? 5'8". Very close. Very close, very close. Yeah, and Nikki's wrote. You don't respect this boy. 5'7". Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? 
Okay. We'll, I think we'll she was. That. This was without the flat top. That's why she did it. <laughs> we'll give. We'll give that. Right. It depends on if his hair is short or. <laughs> right. So where does Sam work? He said Neto. His wife said. She also said Neto. And Nikki said. Media slash marketing company. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> what year did Sam get saved? He said, mm, 2014. His wife said, 2004. Oh, sorry, 2004. His wife said, 2006. And Nikki said, age 16. <laughs> right. His, okay, you need to calculate that back how many, what year that was. How old is he now? How old is Sam now? I think he's 30. Is he 30? I don't know. Where's Anne, people? Where's Anne? She has the answers. Oh, no, no, no. She's 29. 29. So what is it? Who's good at maths? Okay. Anne is, yeah? Cool. Okay, you guys work out what year that was. You're one year out. Okay, right. What's, what's fam, Sam's favorite scripture? We, I actually knew that before I asked him. was 2 Corinthians 5.17. His wife said? Uh, Philippians 4.13. <laughs> and Nikki said? Genesis 1. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> let me give you a, let me give you a tip next time. You should have said Genesis 1 1 2 Revelation. <laughs> right. How many nieces and nephews does Sam have? Sam said, including if counting by marriage, he said eight. Anne said, sorry. Answer two, but is it because technically it's two? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. Okay. Nikki said? Two. Ooh, okay. She got that. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, Sam himself doesn't know how many he, <laughs> he has. He's just out here throwing numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so, favorite country for holiday? Sam said... Dominic Republic. Yeah. <laughs> Anne said. She said Japan. <laughs> okay. Favorite worship song. Oh. Oh no! Oh, I mean, I mean, I think it's I think it's quite safe to assume from the punch yeah. in the air that she got it right, people. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah I just assumed that. Yeah. Okay. Favorite worship song. He said, at the moment, it's Reckless Love. And said, yeah, and said, reckless love. Reckless love. And Nikki said, <laughs> the anthem, <laughs> or or anything by Hillsong. <laughs> Amen. So, can I just find out how many did Nikki actually get? Three. No, three. She got three. And and got. She got three, two, right? Three, four. We'll give her that one as well. Yeah, we'll give her that one. Okay. Right. I'm not going to reveal Anne's answer, um, how many she got. You can work that out. But 
I'm saying this to actually make a point here. Nikki has known Sam for way longer than Anne has known Sam. Anne has known Sam for 11 years, right? Now, we look at quantity and we look at quality. And this also relates to our work with God. The fact that we have been a Christian for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, if we don't spend quality time with God, we will just be like Nikki and Sam, in the sense that even though she's known him for those many number of years, there are still a lot of things that she does not know about him. Thank you very much. Do take your seat. Appreciate it. So the point here is Anne has spent more quality time getting to know Sam because they have a unique relationship. And Anne's relationship should be without boundaries. Is that right? Anne's relationship with Sam should be without boundaries. Do we agree? Yes? Or some of us do, some of us don't? It should, I use that word, it should be without boundaries. So that means that in the husband-wife relationship, there shouldn't be anything hidden. That's right? Okay. So God is demonstrating his desire for each one of us through the institution of marriage. And upon that, there's um, a song that I want us to listen to. It's one that we already know. And there's a reason why I didn't ask the worship team to come and minister it. Because I want us to listen to the words and I want us to ponder over the words as we listen to it. Thank you. Let's have it up. It's over. 
Amen. You know, I, I was watching, um, well, I was actually not watching the program. I was trying to prepare for this message during the week, and there was a program on TV. Um, I don't know how many of you have seen the secret lives of these young kids. And this was this, uh, is it the lives of five-year-olds? Yeah. Um, like I said, it wasn't something I was watching. I mean, it was just on TV. And at one point, I heard the lady organizing it say, oh, do you have a girlfriend? And obviously that shocked me. And I'm thinking, hang on, she's talking to four-year-olds, five-year-olds. And I heard one of them say, oh, yeah, I've got a girlfriend at school. <laughs> and I thought, oh, shame. They don't know what it means. And one boy who is an American goes, I don't have a girlfriend, and I, I'm not going to get married. I'm going to stay single for the rest of my life. And I thought, wow. You know, coming from a five-year-old who probably doesn't even know what love is. But the lady now said, do you actually know what love is? And you know, one girl said, I know, I know. It says, it's when your heart is going boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? It is so true. And you know what? I'll, 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 I'll tell you, when, before I got married, when I was in love, right, every time I needed to speak to my heart, oh, my heart, it was like, wow, okay, you know? You have those feelings on the inside of you. You can't get enough of speaking to them. You can't get enough of seeing them. You know, you, want, you just want to hear their voice. And that is what, you know, love is. But the love that God has for each and every one of us outweighs that a million times. Now, when you look at the life of a couple. And, you know, I looked at that, and I actually, can we go back to that one, to the previous one, please? I actually tried to analyze it. So when you look at it, it says, the more I seek you, is the guy that goes after the woman, isn't it? It says, the more I find you. And the Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. I know this is not a message on marriage, but, you know, it just really connects into it nicely. He says, the more I find you, the more I love you. And that is what God's calling us to do as men, you know, to love your wives. And then when you look at the other side of it, right, as a woman, you just want to sit beside him, not at his feet, right? <laughs> I mean, if you're sitting at the Lord's feet, yes, you want to sit at the Lord's feet as Mary and Martha did. But if it's your guy, you want to just, you want to be cuddled up to them. You want to sit beside them. You want to, you know, just drink from the same cup. You want to have your head on the, on the chest at night when you're married and you go to bed. You know, there's that feeling there. You just want to be connected. Charlene, yeah? <laughs> well, you're smiling, right? But the point I'm trying to make here is there's a correlation between our relationship with God and our relationship with our spouse. And that is why, you know, when you come to marriages, you find that the enemy is working over time. 
to break marriages. But if we know the devices of the enemy, we would, you know, do well to stay strong when it comes to our relationships. You know, there's an exclusive relationship between couples that nobody else has. I remember when I used to go to Zoe Ministries, I remember Pastor Angunze used to say the prayer between a husband and a wife, whatever it is that both of them pray would always work. I don't know if I held a blessing. Do you remember? He always used to say that because there's something unique between a husband and a wife that nobody else has. And it's rightfully so because they spend time together. They get to know each other. They have their pillow talks. You know, they have those intimate discussions. And irrespective of how much time, like, I, I, you know, I shown earlier on, Nikki has known Sam for over 20 years and known Sam for 11 years, but there's a lot more that Anne knows about Sam that Nikki does not know because they spend time together. And some of these things, some of these information that they know about each other, some are, you know, some of the, well, some of, when they spend time together, there'll be things about each of them that the other would not know. Some are unintentional, but on the other hand, some of it is intentional. I've heard people say, whatever you don't know does not hurt you. And there are people that are in relationships either. I mean, when I talk about relationships, I'm talking about general relationships. Relationships between friends, relationship between parents and their children, relationships between, you know, husbands and wives, even people that call themselves best friends. There are still things that they have intentionally hidden from their friends. I walked into my son's room during the week and I found something. I'm like, ah! Something that I didn't know was there. You know, I'm not saying there are things that are bad. I'm just saying that there are just things that sometimes you don't know about. And there are things that sometimes people keep away intentionally from you. So in that respect, we can say that some of these relationships are actually with boundaries because if you have intentionally kept something away that means that you have built a wall in those areas and there are boundaries in those areas but you know God is calling us to a relationship that has no boundaries he's laid it all there before us he says you will share in my suffering but you would also share in my joy. When God gave us Jesus Christ, he didn't say, oh, you know what? I'll give you part of Jesus Christ and the other part I'll keep to myself because he's my son and I love him so much. He gave us all of Jesus Christ and his love is unconditional. The Bible says he makes the sun to shine upon the wicked and the righteous. So when it rains, if there's a wicked person standing beside a, a righteous person, it rains on both of them. And the same as when the sun shines, it shines on both of them. 
God does not say, oh, you know what? Because you are wicked, there will be no rain where you are for the next one month. He doesn't. That same love he shares with each and every one. And he longs each and every day to have fellowship with us. The same way God, the Bible says, God in the cool of the day went down and spent time with Adam. And that's the same relationship that God is asking from each and every one of us. He wants to be there with us in good times, in bad times. You know, it's so sad that when people are going through stuff, that's the time they run away from church. But that is actually the time that they need to be in church. That's the time that they need fellowship. I hear people say, oh, yeah, no, I pray at home. Which is good that you pray at home. But it's even better when you're in fellowship with your brothers and sisters. Because the Bible says that the prayers of the righteous man, it availed much. When we can come together as a congregation, as a body of Christ, there's power in it. God wants to share with us everything that we go through. And you know, I did a bit of comparison on the relationship between a marriage, a marriage relationship, and a salvation relationship. Do we have that slide? Amen. Can we all see it? Can we see it or do you need me to move? Okay. Can we? Now, I, and I really just wanted to show us sort of like the correlation between our relationship as couples and a relationship of, with God. So when you look at it, you enter into a marriage by faith. Because no one, if you want to be honest with yourself, no one has any assurances when you enter into a marriage relationship. You enter into it by faith, hoping for the best. Because there are certain relationships where as soon as you say, I do, you'll see all the unveiling of things that you never knew was there before. Am I, are, we, are you with me? Yeah? Am I right? Right. So the same way as you enter into a marriage relationship by faith, you accept Christ by faith. Now, you take a vow till death do us part. And that is actually the same vow that you take when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're saying, I'm going to walk with you, Lord, till the end of my days and beyond. You spend time together as couples or even as family. You know, it's, it's amazing these days, how much myself and Nikki think alike. I mean, we, we joke about it, and I tell her, I say, you have to pay rent. You, you really have to pay rent now. Because there are things that I think about, and Nikki is probably thinking about it at the same time, or I've just thought about it, or we actually, we just really sync together. 
I mean, last Sunday was a very, it was a really good example of it. I, I was planning to, to do, you know, bless someone, do something for someone. And she was in the bathroom brushing her teeth. And I said, Nikki, guess what? I'm actually planning on doing this. And she goes, oh, mom, ooh, wait, just wait one minute, just wait one minute. And she said, guess what? Myself and the guys were, girls were actually talking about that same thing. But that's because we have spent so much time together. She knows me very well, and I know her very well. So it's not just between couples. It's between families. It's between friends as well. The more time you spend with someone, the more you get to know them. And the only way that we, as children of God, will get to know our Father is by spending time in his word. You know, when I was in, you know, nursery or Sunday school, you know, you have that song, read your Bible, pray every day if you want to grow. A Bible is no good under your pillow. You know, when I was a young Christian or even when I was an unbeliever, I used to believe that when you put your... <laughs> <laughs> when you put your Bible underneath your pillow, it works for you. <laughs> and even when I gave back to Nikki or Jimmy, I wasn't saved then. I used to put their Bible, a little small Bible underneath their pillow, hoping that that would protect them. But obviously, we now know better. We need to read it. We need to digest it. We need to meditate on what it says. And we need to take heed to do what we're asked to do. Amen. As in a marriage, as in Christendom, we deal with challenges. It's a myth to say that when you get born again, you're not going to face challenges. And it's also a myth to say that when you get married, you would not have challenges. So both of them have challenges. Now, the longer you stay together, the stronger your relationship becomes. I remember someone giving this illustration of a tea bag. Now, when you put a tea bag in hot water, right, and you leave it, you leave it for so long, it gets stronger, doesn't it? But then when you put a tea bag, if a tea bag could talk, if you put a tea bag in hot water, it would scream and say, this really hurts. But the longer it's there, the stronger it becomes. And that's the same thing with any marriage relationship. And that's the same thing with our walk with God. The longer we're there, the stronger it becomes. The more we read the word, the more we spend time in the word, the more we do the word of God, the more we have fellowship, the more we know what God is thinking about. And that is what God is calling each and every one of us to this morning. You know, like I said before, as with the husbands, the Christ also has that responsibility for us because the Bible says we are the bride of Jesus Christ. He is the groomsman. So as he tells us, as, as, as his word in Ephesians 5, he says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And what did he do? He gave himself up for her. Sorry, I'll leave it there. 
he gave himself up for her. He says that he might sanctify her. The only way that God can sanctify each one of us is when we spend time with him. He says, having cleansed her by the washing of water, with what? With the word. And what is his intention? So that he can present her to himself in splendor, which is magnificent and splendid appearance. So can you imagine we go to a conference and... You know, someone says, oh, you know, how long have you been born again? And you say, oh, I've actually been born again for 30, 40 years. And they say, oh, you know what, come and encourage the church. Just, you know, just give a scripture, a word. And you stand there and you haven't got a word and you have no, you don't know one scripture. How would that look? And you say, I've been born again 30 years. So that means that those 30 years have counted for absolutely nothing. But that isn't what God wants to do with us. God wants to show us off. Not in pride, but in saying, that is my son. That is my daughter. She knows the word. She's walked with me. Remember what Jesus said to the disciples? He says, you have been with me three years and you still ask me these questions. Church, I, I encourage us this morning, and I'm not going to be able to finish this. It's a two-part, as always. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to round up on my next slide. You know, the beginning of this year, or towards the end of last year, we, we were praying, you know, we had all our prayer points, and we said, oh, it's going to be, you know, a new year, it's going to be fresh anointing, you know, a new beginning, and you know, great, you know, we thank God, God is a God of new beginnings, it doesn't have to be January, it doesn't have to be February, it could be any time of the year that we choose, and God, you know, God would open his arms wide open, when we say we want a new beginning. You know, for some of us, it's new goals, it's new plans. Some of us had to rejig last year's plans. You know, I didn't pass my driving test last year. I'm going to do it this year. You know, there are things that we went over last year that didn't work. We're going to do it this year, which is great because we have not abandoned those plans. You know, we, we, we came last week, we wore the t-shirts, you know, a new beginning with fresh anointing. But the only way we can have that fresh anointing is for us to do the things that are needful. It's for us to do the things that God has called us to do. And you know, as I round up on this, I'm going to share a couple of scriptures with us. The first is Isaiah 45, which I believe we all know, um, verse 1 to 3. It says, thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus. It says, whose right hand I have held. Church, 
God is holding our right hand. He says to subdue nations before him, to lose the armor of kings, to open before him the double doors. Not just a single door, but double doors so that the gates will not be shut. You know, I read that and I said, yeah, he's going to open double doors before me. And you know, it just gives me that, you know, that illustration or that vision of where you go to one of these very important places and you have the porters on both sides and they open up the doors. You know, when you're an important person, God will open up both doors before you. He will make men, he will make kings. The Bible says that we will sit in the presence of kings. And that is the God that we serve. But we need to spend time, quality time with him. He says, I will go before you and I will make every crooked places straight. Church, this morning, whatever there is that you feel is a mountain, whatever it is that you feel are crooked paths, God is saying that he will make those paths straight. He has given us magnificent promises. And these are the promises that we hold on to on a daily basis. He says, I will break into pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. He says, I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. The things that no one knows about. Those ideas that no one knows about because of your uniqueness, because of your closeness with God. God says, I will give you those riches. It says that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, am the God of Israel. Hallelujah, someone. And that is the God that we serve. Isaiah 43 says, I verse 90, it says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Church, what new thing are you asking God for this morning? I encourage you, trust him. I was saying to someone, over the past one year or so, I tell you, God has just been so amazing in my life. And I know that that was just the beginning that's just a taste. That's, you know, that's, you know, that's just the, the, the beginning of greater things that he's going to do in my life. But I also have a responsibility to stay connected to God. If I don't stay connected, I cannot call, I cannot ask him, I cannot speak to him about the promises that he has made. He says, now it shall spring forth. He says, shall you not know it? He said, I will make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert places. You know, my favorite scripture this year, just in case someone asks you, is Revelations 21.5. It says, and the one that is enthroned spoke to me and he said, he says, consider this. It says, I'm making everything new and fresh. It says, go and write it down. If you've got a journal, write it down. It says, mark my words. 
It says, all I have said to you, they are true and they are very, very dependable. And that is the God that we serve. So my message to you this morning is that God's love for us is without boundaries. And if God has opened himself up, we would do well to walk close to him. Boundless love. I was going to retitle it as reckless love. But I looked at those words and I thought, hmm, much as I understand it, you know, some people might not understand because when you look at recklessness in itself, it talks about, you know, not considering anything. You just do things off the whim. But God's love for us, he, he, and he does things without, because the consequence of God's love for us is always good. So that is why I want the, mes the message I'm passing over today to say God's love for us has no bounds. And if God's love for us has no bounds, then we should not hold back. So next week, what we're going to talk about is what are the things that hold us back from releasing everything to God. That song, I surrender all. Unto Jesus, I surrender all. Why is it that sometimes we are unable to surrender all to God? We're going to look at that next week. And I want us to meditate on it during the week. And say, Lord, whatever it is that holds me back, that I can't surrender all, pray about it. So that when you come back next week, there's a release. And you're able to surrender everything to God. Only in us, surrendering everything unto our Father, are we able to benefit fully from his promises to us. It's a situation of you've been given a key to a house and you're still asking, is it mine? Is it mine? When you've been given the deeds of a house or you've been given the keys to a car because you limit yourself and we have a God that is without limits. He longs to have fellowship with us. He longs to give us his best. So this morning I encourage us. Let's welcome a Jesus Christ. Let's welcome a God that has a relationship without boundaries. And on our daily day-to-day -day work, say, God, I know you have no boundaries. And I would desire to have no boundaries with you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. Join us for our weekly Sunday service at 10.30 a.m. at 336 Brixton Road. We hope you were blessed.